listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with me, Jade Elliott, where we talk all things pregnancy, children, and parenting. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health. You're listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with myself, Jade Elliott, and I'm joined by Amelia Hopkin uh, with Intermountain Health. Uh, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. We're talking about a topic. We we run the gamut here on the Baby mm-hmm. Your Baby podcast, talking about everything. Um, some topics are more lighthearted and easy to talk about. Mm-hmm. Others are a little more difficult and somber. Mm-hmm. And this would be one of them. Today we're talking about um, when your unborn baby may not be expected to live mm-hmm. and some of the resources for moms and parents and families that are dealing with such an incredibly hard time in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's kind of, let's get into it uh, and talk about the resources because yeah, the topic itself is heavy mm-hmm. and um, and it can be hard to talk about and even hard to listen about for some of our listeners. Um, but there are resources and that's what's important. Um, so we're talking about Angel Watch today. It's the Angel Watch program and the resources that they offer. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about the program. So the program started, actually, it's 20 years ago this wow. year. So happy 20th anniversary, Angel Watch. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it was started by two women who saw th- a gap between uh, the diagnosis that was being given, diagnoses that were being given to a lot of these um, families, because it's not just the women it affects, not right. just the person that's carrying the baby, but it affects the whole family and community mm-hmm. in a lot of cases. And so they started doing more um, support. Um, Intermountain took interest in um, snatched up the program. And now we just have the privilege of being able to go into these homes for the last 20 years. Um, when Intermountain took it, they said, okay, here's the three stipulations, though. Number one, it has to be free. Mm-hmm. Nobody gets charged for having to talk about these types of things. Number two, it has to be offered in the homes so that they don't have to take time off work and go to one more medical appointment. Mm -hmm. And um, number three, it has to be offered to everybody in the community, not just Intermountain patients. And in fact, we have a lot of um, families we've worked with in Rexburg, Idaho, Idaho Falls, um, Nevada, and people basically, if they come to the state of Utah, either for a second opinion or for further diagnoses, then they're eligible for the program. That's incredible because you are, um, you're talking to moms and families and communities who are experiencing just absolute trauma mm-hmm. and um, the variety of emotions mm-hmm. that they're going through and dealing with. Um, talk to us a little bit about how it all got started, how Angel Watch got started. Okay. Um, these two women worked for a hospice company that no longer exists, um, but they they saw this gap, and so mm-hmm. they decided to try to kind of form a program that offered the support for these families because they recognized that between diagnosis and delivery, there's oftentimes a lot of lag time. Sometimes mm-hmm. that can be just a few days or a few weeks, but oftentimes it can be a few months, and they don't always know what they want. And at the time of diagnosis, I mean, I think as women, you put on a pair of shoes or a dress, and then later on in the day decide that you wish you would have done something different. Right, or the minute you put it on, you wish you would have done something different, and then you do. Yeah, (laughs) but you don't have the luxury to get a do-over with this. Right. And that pressure causes trauma throughout the waiting process, and 
or the, basically the time between mm-hmm. diagnosis and delivery. And again, everybody's family looks a little different on what that time frame is, but we step in to try to talk to them about, all right, what are the things that are the most stressful right now? A lot of times it's husband is grieving one way, wife is grieving another way, mm-hmm. or we don't know what to do with other, other kids, or maybe it's sister-in-laws or mother-in-laws that have similar stories that continue to share them. How do I set boundaries so that I can stay safe but still have the supports there? Sure. Maybe it's my child has started bedwetting again. What do I do? What are, how do I connect in with therapists that have training in this very specific area? Um, how, how am I ever going to break the, like, Am I ever going to talk yeah. about this ever? I, I ha- you know, a lot of them have a gender reveal scheduled, mm-hmm. and they went in thinking they were going to find out boy or girl, and now they're trying to figure out life or death. Mm-hmm. Like it's a huge switch, a huge change. It doesn't have to be entirely all traumatic. There's nothing we can do to take away all the trauma, but we can help people get through it in a way that, so that when they look back in five months, five years, 50 years, they have no regrets about the way they handled it or the choices they made. Yeah, and that's what's so important is that yeah. they do have these resources mm-hmm. and these options and the help um, to make the choices so that they do look back and um, have a different view on mm-hmm. what it could have been. Yeah, it's a very out-of-control feeling situation. Yeah. But there are some things that they do have control over, and it's getting some of those together giving them education and resources around the things they do have control over. And a lot of times it's, I just don't know how to uh, how to communicate what I want mm-hmm. to my medical provider. And so, all right, what are your concerns? Let's figure out how we're going to do that. Um, we help them come up with a birth plan so that they know what the day of delivery is going to look like. Because mm-hmm. that can be very scary. Yes, very scary um, to think about walking out of a hospital potentially without a baby in your arms. Like, yeah. okay, how are we going to mitigate some of that trauma Again, we can't get rid of all of it, and we shouldn't. Right. Like, that is, these are wanted babies. These are babies that are incredibly These are life moments, yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, And you talk a lot about um, kind of early on and the diagnoses and and maybe coming to that unfortunate revelation Mm -hmm. um, that your baby might be, um, might not live Mm -hmm. through birth. do you also work with women who have similar diagnoses or unexpected um, situations happen later on in their pregnancies? Uh, if they do give birth to a stillborn that maybe was unexpected, do you have resources for them as well? Our program doesn't specifically work with that part of the demographic mm-hmm. of this group of women, but we do get calls multiple times a week mm-hmm. of, hey, this happened to me, or hey, this happened to my sister or daughter what's out there and what can we do. And we're more than happy to share those resources with sure, people good. where we direct them, but our programs isn't specifically for these. Um, later term. That, yeah, well, later term is fine, but as long as it's a, diagnose, a diagnosis okay. that mm-hmm. says this baby this baby doesn't look like uh, you're going to be able to take, take this he or she home. Mm-hmm. And that's when we get involved to try to do some of the preparatory grief work. Okay. That's really what we're focusing on, the preparatory grief work to, yeah. to, again, minimize some of that trauma that comes like, well, is it because of something I ate? Is it because we even right. had one mom say, I'm pretty sure it's because I got my um, prenatal vitamins at Costco instead of at a higher end oh store. No. And they re- I mean, to us, that sounds like, well, duh, like that's not it. 
But to these moms and dads, it's lifting a box. It's mm-hmm. eating spicy food. Mm-hmm. They really start or can start to blame themselves for these things. Well, and we've talked about that so much um, with a number of different topics here on the Baby Your Baby podcast of, of mom guilt or, oh or family guilt thinking, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's a miscarriage or, you know, something wrong during the pregnancy. What did I do? What did I do yeah. wrong? How, mm-hmm. how could I have let this happen? Exactly. And there's so many things, and you said it right at the beginning, that are just out of our control. And um, having a baby, growing a human, <laughs> having a child, I mean, all of those things are probably the most out of control you'll ever feel mm-hmm. you just can't can't control all of it Mm-mm. i mean it's there's so many people out there that are now dealing with the struggle to have a baby and mm-hmm. get pregnant and that's outside of their control this is just another step in that natural yeah progression of things but of we can't control it mm-hmm. but that and that's hard that's a hard oh reality sometimes oh difficult we're slapping the face i think you can get yeah. So let's talk about a little bit, um, talk a little bit about uh, some of the staff. You talked, mm-hmm. you mentioned, you know, you have um, specialized social workers mm-hmm. and people that, that work with these women and families and communities. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about them. Okay. So we have nurses on staff, but it's not um, just a nursing degree. It doesn't quite get you in the door mm-hmm. necessarily. It's you need to be a labor a nurse with labor delivery experience or with NICU experience, so that you understand all the different directions a delivery could go. Sure. And when a family member asks you, you can help them form the questions that they need to be asking their providers. Because we don't have a doctor on staff. We're not here to try to develop treatment for the baby at all. Mm-hmm. We are there for the families. So what types of resources are the families going to need? Um, a nurse to kind of walk them through it and let them know what it what is possible. Um, also, a master's level social worker with extra bereavement training of there's several different ways to get that or a chaplain um and in fact a chaplain is one of the ones that started the program and she still works for us today we're so grateful this 20 years later 20 years later yep she's fantastic because these can also bring on a huge crisis of faith if not for the couple for extended family and Mm -hmm. oftentimes it's one member of the family and like maybe the husband or maybe the wife and now they're on a separate pages one is doubting if god exists and the other is clinging to every their faith Mm -hmm. in order to try to get through it very different coping ways of coping and that's what i was going to say it it can it can go so many different ways where exactly where on on one hand you could be blaming god and saying you know how could you Mm -hmm. do this to me Mm -hmm. and then on the other all you're doing is relying on him because that's the only way you're going to get through it exactly yes uh so you said that um you go into the homes mm-hmm. and you work with the families and communities through that, which I think is so important. Mm-hmm. I mean, thank you. Why would they want to leave the the comfort of their own home after so much? Mm-hmm. Uh, so how how does that happen? How does that transpire? And how do these families and women connect with Angel Watch? Okay, great question. So usually we get our referrals from a genetic counselor. The genetic counselors are usually involved during the time of diagnosis trying to identify what is really going on with your infant or your unborn baby. And they offer it to them and say, hey, would you like someone to come and talk to you about some of the resources that are out there? Mm -hmm. Or maybe some ways that you can handle this and handle your family. Or 
you know, just sure. different questions like that. Sometimes it's just getting your husband, you and your husband or you and your wife on the same page mm-hmm. as to what you want to do, how you want to move forward. And they will usually say, yeah, give us a call, but give us a couple days. And so we reach out to them. But a large percentage, actually, a growing percentage is becoming family referrals. So f- people we've worked with mm-hmm. are saying, oh, I have a neighbor who has a cousin's daughter's na- neighbor yeah. who who is going through similar to what I did. Can you help them? Which I think is great. Oh, yes. The word to mouth and the fact that um, people are actually talking about it. Yeah. Because no one wants no one wants to always share yeah. what... Um, what is hurting them the most? It's so true. Uh, being vulnerable mm-hmm. is difficult under the best of circumstances, and these are never the best of circumstances. Yeah, and so for the fact that people are talking about it and are sharing mm-hmm. uh, their experiences and the resources with Angel Watch, yeah. I think that's really important because, um, you know, like we talk about a lot with other different circumstances through pregnancy and, and having a child, um, you're not the only one doing it. You're not the right. only one going through something, whether it's the best moment of your pregnancy or, or raising your child, children or the worst. Mm-hmm. There's always someone else that is going through similar, if not the same things. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So many fa- families, you know, moms and dads, wonder if their children are meeting different developmental milestones. So Mine will be four and is four. not potty trained yet, so <laughs> but don't judge. Just pray for us. <laughs> You'll be in our purse. <laughs> but it's normal to, to worry and say, what am I going to do? Yeah. I'm guessing you have probably Googled a few things, talked to a doctor, friends, maybe. I've done it all, of course, right. as you always do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is not something people talk about. Right. As mu- They are getting so much better. I started doing this maybe in 2005, mm-hmm. and so 2005, 2006, and since then I have seen a huge shift in the number of families that we work with that say, oh, I have a lady that lives in my neighborhood, or I have an aunt or a cousin, mm-hmm. and I think this is what happened. But in those families, at the same time, we have the mom, the grandmas come up to us at the funeral and say, this same thing happened to me, and I didn't have any of this support. Yeah. So to see the dichotomy between the generations is both heartbreaking for those that didn't have it and so hopeful for the people that do have it and the trajectory that that's yes. taking. And the people that are us- utilizing yes. it. Yes. That's yeah, so great. Um, talk to us a little bit about the the support and the, the group component of it mm-hmm. um, because there are more resources out there than just maybe that one-on-one service. There's mm-hmm. more for, for families. Absolutely. Depending on which area of the state of Utah you live in, it is going to determine on, to a great degree what services are available but here in kind of the greater salt lake northern utah area there is a group called share parents of utah and they do a really great job of um going into the hospitals and saying hey we have a whole community this is a club you don't want to belong to Mm -hmm. but there's some great people in this club use use us if you need us yeah and they do free hand molds and foot molds so after the baby passes away they'll go into the hospital or to the funeral home and it's similar to that stuff that your dentist gags you with oh sure yeah so (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's great but they yeah they do a little hand mold and you can see every little wrinkle in the knuckle you can see just the nail beds even with some tiny tiny 20 something week babies and these become precious, sacred things that these families have to keep and remember their baby by, to remember that their baby is always a part of their family. And that's, that's the other thing that I was going to, 
ask you about and touch on is is for the fact that yes it is Mm -hmm. this baby is always going to be their baby Mm -hmm. whether it's their first or their fourth yes uh it's always going to be a part of their family and so do some of your um do some of your resources you were talking about of course how the whole family is included Mm -hmm. the whole community is included Mm -hmm. um do you talk about um some of these kind of delicate topics, you know, with the other kids in the family, if there are, and how, um, you know, this is still their brother or sister, and kind of how, how the family manages some of that. Oh, great. Yeah, that's such a often overlooked mm-hmm. piece, because everybody gets to grieve differently, and sometimes we forget that the family, in inside the family, there's different grieving styles as well. Um, some kids are very much no, you know, it's going to be fine. I prayed. We're good. Mm-hmm. Mom, just watch. And others are absolutely devastated. And others are young and just think, okay, so they'll go to heaven and they'll come back, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's something to kind of work through. We really try, this is an area that parents have a lot more control than they may initially realize. Again, they can't, the parents don't have as much control over the outcome, sure. but they have control over the outcome for their children. We found that, and a lot of the research points to that the better and then more healthy ways that the parents grieve, the children do better. Yes. So if we can help the parents be uh, healthy in their grief process, as painful as it is, that sets a really great bar for the kids and a really great example. Yeah. So we go in and say, what what do you want us to do? Do you want us to sit down and work with the kids? We can do some, it's not play therapy, but it's psychoeducational stuff. That's what our... uh, social workers and therapists can do. We can talk about how are you going to remember and what memories do you have of your baby? Mm-hmm. Your baby went with you to the 4th of July? Great. Mm-hmm. What do you think your baby thought of the fireworks? What do you think your baby, which one of those Christmas songs did your baby hear and which one do you think that they yeah. liked the best? So that this is not something that's happening to the siblings, that the siblings are part of the experience, not on the outside, just trying to hang on and keep up. Right. So, but we give the parents that option. Do you want us to do it or do you want us to give you tools to do it? To do it. And if it's something, if that doesn't help, where are the professional resources in your community that can do ongoing for after? Because this isn't just like. It's not just one day and and then we're done. Mm -hmm. No, this could go on for for months, if not years even, sometimes for families. Yeah, for sure. There, that's. That's the unfortunate thing is grief always is a little harder and mm-hmm. lasts a little longer than y- is convenient. Yeah. And I, I like how you touch on, you know, making the children and, and the other family members um, a part of what's going on, even though it, it might be hard. It might not, of course, be the happiest time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you know, as a, um, as a husband and wife, as a, a couple getting pregnant, mm-hmm. if you have other children – they're a part of that pregnancy 100%. You're talking about, you know, mommy having another baby mm-hmm. and being excited about that and getting them excited about the journey. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, sometimes this is the way that their journey goes. Spot on. And you have to make sure that, like you were saying, that the the other kids in the family are still a part of that, understanding that yeah. and um, learning how to grasp and deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend who went through a, a tragic scenario like this as well and um, has two other children, and they do a balloon release yes. every year mm-hmm. um, on uh, you know what would have been 
the birthday or mm-hmm. the anniversary of the passing yeah. um, of the baby. And it just keeps the memory alive. And I think it's important because, mm-hmm. like we were talking about, this baby is a part of your life. Mm-hmm. This was your baby. And you can't, and again, like with your friend, she can't change the outcome. Right. But what she can do is over time, it's always going to be bittersweet. Mm-hmm. But over time, if you build memories and you do it right, the sweet can start to grow mm-hmm. and you really can hang on to that and the bitter it's not that it ever goes away um and I even hesitate to use the word fades because for some it doesn't right but if you have s- good things to hold on to um memories or feeling like you didn't cause this mm-hmm. or for the children like you know they're part of our family let's right. let's give a let's present to them, them at christmas mm-hmm. and their birthday and the balloon release that's probably something that those children look forward to that yeah, you spoke absolutely. about mm-hmm. and that's that's a treasure for them and they get to be the big brother or the big sister exactly. during that time and and trying to make the good outweigh some of the bad exactly yeah yeah um it, so like we were saying i mean with with scenarios like this um it's not just one day and then everyone is healed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can go on until the end of time. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but that's something that Angel Watch provides as well. You don't just come in for one day and say, here's some resources. Here's how we can help. Mm-hmm. You continue that support. You do. We like to get at least two, if not three visits prior to delivery. That oftentimes doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But that's our goal um, so that we can kind of build that relationship. And then afterwards, we monitor for things like postpartum depression and anxiety mm-hmm. for moms. Dads are often forgot about, forgotten about in this grieving process. How are they doing? How are they commu- as a couple communicating, again, their grief styles? Yeah, because How dads can also oh suffer from postpartum. Oh, and yeah. they're not as, um, on the outside at least, as mm-hmm. emotional and maybe vocal as women in general mm-hmm. or moms. Um, and they do tend to of pull back a little bit at times they do and and pulling back may be unhealthy or it may be a healthy way of coping and mm-hmm. that's okay for them to cope uh, we had a panel at one of our we do a yearly training with all of our staff we bring them in from all over the state of utah and get together we had a father's panel mm-hmm. and listening to them was so eye-opening but also so awe-inspiring that they were all that they accomplished and worked through but they did it without support from friends, mm. and they because that was not what they were comfortable with. Right? They don't they don't break down as vulnerable as we do sometimes. Exactly, because for women, we it, society in general says you lost a baby, you're permitted to cry. Mm-hmm. But is dad mm-hmm. is dad permitted to take any days off work um, for himself, not just to take Help care of the you. kids so right. the mom can do it? So remember yes, yes, and yes to all those things. Please, and thank you, absolutely. Yeah. Because dads need just as much help and support. It just needs to maybe come a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. On top of on top of losing a baby, they're also worried about their wife. Right. And their family. Yeah. And how am I because dads are fixers and mm-hmm. providers. And if they can't do that, they can't protect their wife or their other children or this baby from what's happening. And they can't really fix it mm-hmm. and make it all better. So you've really just taken away the things that help them feel most confident about their skills as a good father and as a good husband. How do we work through that? And that's so important that we touch on the dads too because, mm-hmm. um, yes, like you said, just in general, we all grieve differently. Mm-hmm. But the the feelings and the roles that are played mm-hmm. um, can be so different. 
Absolutely. And we are so hard on ourselves, both women mm-hmm. and men and mm-hmm. children, unfortunately, that we think we have to do it better or whatever we are doing isn't enough. It's not sufficient or it's not, quote unquote, correct. Um, nobody gets to tell you how to grieve. No, no, exactly. Um, and no one really gets to tell you how to feel Thank you. after you've been diagnosed with the fact that um, your child may be um, not not go to full term, and mm-hmm. um, you may be dealing with um, you know an unborn baby who won't live, mm-hmm. or will only live for days right. after delivery. Right. So, what what do you tell families that may have just been given this diagnosis? Um, what advice do you give them? Because you know, like we said, no one can tell me how to feel mm-hmm. when I've just received this news. Mm-hmm. That whatever you feel is okay. Mm-hmm. If it's anger be angry. We even have activities that we give them. Here's a way to be healthy and angry at the same time. Just break all of these plates in this cabinet. <laughs> and you know what? You can go buy more. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. Go, go to Salvation Army or DI. I will bring you more. Yes. We, we actually have uh, one of the things we advise or recommend for people is you get eggs, raw mm-hmm. eggs, go to Costco, get five dozen, write on them what you're mad about. Go into your backyard, throw them against the fence. I think that's good advice for anyone who is oh, having yeah. an anger issue at the moment. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because there's something, and it's crazy, but about that splat yeah. sound that makes it so much better. There's a relief to it. You just broke something, mm-hmm. and that lets some of that energy out. So we give them activities that they can do. We also let them know that this is actually normal. It may not be normal for you, sure, but this is very okay to be feeling in this particular circumstance. You, this is not a normal um, situation. But the other thing is, a lot of our moms and dads will start to pull back emotionally from the pregnancy mm. because they they're trying well, to disconnect themselves. Yeah, but it's a human impulse uh-huh. and a healthy one to move away from something that's going to harm you. Sure, but. What happens when you have two of the strongest competing, uh, you know, just impulses to not only protect yourself, but as a mom or a dad, bond to your baby? Mm-hmm. That is so conflicting. So th- most of the advice we give kind of centers around be kind to yourself. Give yourself some space. Don't expect as much of yourself now as you do on your best day because this isn't your best day. Right. And there's no one in the world is going to expect you to function at full capacity or be okay with um, that really, you know, difficult situation at work or with uh, this really, really high-maintenance child that has some maybe emotional issues already. Give yourself a break. Be kind to yourself. No one else blames you. No and one don't blame yourself. No, don't blame yourself. The doctors don't blame you. The yeah. society in general, I hope, doesn't blame, doesn't blame you. you. Yeah, no. And there should be no no blame or mom shaming or family no. shaming in any situation like this. Agreed. Um, so predominantly it's usually the mom or dad the couple kind of coming to you or being referred to you. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, but sometimes that's hard to do. It's hard to oh. break that wall and that barrier to even admit that you might need help or need resources. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is the blessing of friends and family. Exactly, yeah. How do they get in touch with you? How, how does a grandma or a friend or even a neighbor um, that you're really close to, how do they reach out to Angel Watch and say, hey, I've got a couple or a family 
that um, just received this diagnosis. Mm-hmm. They're really struggling. Um, they need help, but I don't. I don't know what to do, mm-hmm. and I don't know if if they're in that spot to reach out and and get the help that they are are going to need. Mm-hmm. Um, how do they do that? Oh, it's such a great question because again, being kind to people, don't ex- expect that that's going to be something they think of. Like. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, if it's not written down, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And if it is written down, you may or may not know where it exists. So don't expect <laughs> these parents to keep track of papers. Yeah. Um, that's why we usually recommend that the doctors, whether it be a, an OB in a community based clinic or a maternal fetal medicine doctor or a genetic counselor, any of those people can give us a call um, or an email. And um, the phone number is 801. Six nine eight four four eight six, and they can always leave a message if if no one answers, and then we call them back and schedule something. I think that's great, and um, you know we always say, especially when it comes to uh, raising children, having mm. children, it takes a village, mm-hmm. and um, you know it's great when your village then sees something and steps up and and says something see something say something it's it's kind of that thing that we talk about a lot you know Mm -hmm. um and I like I like what you say here as I'm looking over some of the notes that we have um and you say moms don't need advice they need support exactly yeah and not just the mom but the the dad and the family the Mm -hmm. community and I think that's crucial because there's so many times where um especially when it comes to getting pregnant going through a pregnancy having children Everyone has something to say. Mm-hmm. Everyone seems to have a piece of advice that they think <laughs> is going to be the end-all, be-all, miracle worker for yeah. whatever your situation may be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't found one for potty training yet, and a million <laughs> people have told me things. And I know that that, that issue yet. is completely on the other side of this issue. Mm-hmm. And no one, no one can fix this. And no. no one can tell you how to feel. And no one, I don't think, can offer any sort of advice that mm-hmm. is going to make you feel any better. And I appreciate you saying that because it's so very, very true. Uh, you know, just like with the potty training, or I know in my family, when my sister had her baby, we all had a strong opinions on the name. Of course. Yeah, because we don't want her to make a mistake. And so it was always done out of love. But I'll tell you, for the next three, none of us had the privilege of knowing what that name was. Nope, you ruined that. We (laughs) did. So, you know, it's even more sensitive with Mm -hmm. these types of decisions and these types of situations. And so just saying, you know, I'm thinking of you or I'm praying for you or we're here if you need anything. Mm-hmm. Um, or here, let me come take your other kids for a little yeah. bit and give you some time yeah. and some peace. Can I fold your laundry? Mm-hmm. Um, actually, don't say, can I fold your laundry? No, I'm going to come fold yes. your laundry. At 2 o'clock on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. like Just let leave the door unlocked. Mm-hmm. Or mow a lawn yeah. or you yeah. know, do something like that. Or say, ah, I think things must have been pretty hard the last few weeks. How about you come with us to the park? Yeah. How about we go out and do something? Because a lot of times the our families tell us one of the worst things is when they're walking in the grocery store and they see someone who knows what's going on mm-hmm. and they give the oh, oh sad look. Mm-hmm. And that it comes from such a great, kind, compassionate place. But it doesn't always help that mom because she she finally stepped outside of her home yeah. after such a dark time and being in a dark place mm-hmm. as 
we know that's just where mm-hmm. you're going to go. Mm-hmm. And you finally get the courage enough to maybe brush your hair. It's optional. Maybe put mm-hmm. on human pants and not like, you know, yoga pants or pajama pants. I don't know why you wouldn't. Exactly. <laughs> but now you've got the courage to do something and to go and then, yeah, to to be received with, uh, oh, I'm, I'm so sad right now for or, you. And I yeah. understand the sentiment. Absolutely. Of course. I mean, it's anytime you would see someone that you know going through something like that, you would want to mm-hmm. let them know how you felt, but there's other ways to show that support. Exactly. Which is one of the things that we encourage our families to do if it fits for their mm-hmm. style is w- we call it memory making. One of the things that happens with other families when you lose someone a grandma or a grandpa or an mm-hmm. aunt is you go to the funeral or the wake or some type of a ritual or ceremony and you share stories remember when uncle so-and-so did this yeah or do you remember how grandpa couldn't make coffee or drink coffee without spilling it on himself there's all of these fun little humorous things that give bring us comfort when it's a baby that you haven't been able to even hold yet yeah it it's a little different. You don't have some of those. You don't think you have some of those memories. But if you can say, how about you tell your support system, this is what we want to do with our baby before delivery. Mm -hmm. Or this is what we want to do with our baby until there's no heartbeat. We're going to go for hikes. We, our family loves doing, I don't know, ice cream is a big thing. So we're going to taste all these different flavors of ice cream, as many as we can. And you start building these memories. And that's like, ice cream is a great thing to do. Well, as long as you're not lactose issues. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you can, we even had one family who um, went to the store and they bought every single flavor of chapstick the kids (laughs) did. And they would put it on mom's lips or they would rub it on her belly. And and the kids decided which flavor the The baby baby liked liked the best. And that is, for their family, was so healing Mm because the kids got to be involved somehow. Mm -hmm. And when family members go to the store, they can call and say, hey, here's a root beer flavored one. Have you had that one yet? So it's a way for them to be involved and be supportive, but be supportive in positive ways, right. ways that are helpful and not always just focused on just how the sad tragic it is. part. Yeah. Yeah. The um, tragedy yeah. tragedy will always be there. Yes. And no one, no one can ever take that away or, mm-hmm. or should tell you that it should go away. Mm-hmm. That is all on your timeline, 100%. Mm-hmm. You guys offer a service for families uh, Mm -hmm. that have been going through Mm -hmm. these hardships. Um, And it's memorial service. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about that and how that works and and kind of how the idea came about. You bet. So there were so many families that that we worked with. And again, this is such an isolating experience. Mm -hmm. You really feel like, you know, the doctors say this is one in 500,000 babies that have this. And you're like, oh, lucky me. Right. Tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so it is really important for them to be able to get together. We do. We can do that in two ways. One is we have a private Facebook f- page. It's not something you're going to find by just going on there and searching. Mm-hmm. Uh, we keep it very controlled. Only people who have been part of the Angel Watch program are part of that support group online. But then we also have an annual... Um, uh, memorial and it's ha- we are so supported and so blessed and lucky to have Larkin Mortuary offers to us uh, the Le Jardin their beautiful atrium area and mm-hmm. every year we get together and we invite everybody to come back and 
we absolutely love to see these families again and see their rainbow babies or see their other children mm-hmm. or see them as a couple grow. And we usually started out with reading a book to the kids and letting them talk about their angel baby uh, because who ever asks them about that? And right. some of them never, some of them were born after their angel baby, but they're, they know about their big brother mm-hmm. and they love talking about them. And then we let them do a little craft that they can uh, take to or to their baby's gravesite mm-hmm. or just use however they want. Um, and then we let the families light a candle and talk just very briefly and mention their name because that's such a big thing. Nobody mentioned these mentions these babies' names enough. Right. These moms love hearing their baby's name, whether they say it or someone else says it. And so this gives them the opportunity to do that, but then also connect with some of those people on the face that they've never met in person, mm-hmm. just on the Facebook page. Um, or I think that's incredible. Oh, it, it creates a community. Yeah. And I'm an introvert by nature. And so I thought, really, is anyone going to come to this sure. and like connect? They because do. it's a vulnerable situation oh. and it, it can bring back so many emotions mm-hmm. for so many people. And then, um, you know, I know for me, I cry when someone else cries. Oh, sympathy crier. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm with you. And so then, you know, putting yourself in a setting that, you know there's going to be some happy moments, of course, but you're going there because of a sad reason, mm-hmm. and it's sad for everyone there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you wonder, is this is this going to be healthy for me and my family mm-hmm. to go and kind of relive the mm-hmm. loss again? Yeah. But it is, because for, yeah. there's so many others that are doing the same thing and, and being vulnerable enough to do that. and. And with their kids. Yeah. And it's not uncommon for the first two to three years for those families to not come. Mm -hmm. They're in a place when their grief process that they're not quite ready for that. But when they do come back, they come, they're excited. Yeah. Because now they get to celebrate their baby. And where else do you have all of these families that get it Mm -hmm. on a level nobody else is going to get it? And they can see the other people that have supported them online. And they really are completely... some of husbands are as excited, <laughs> but the moms are so happy to be there and to talk about their baby that it, although there's apprehension there sure. um, leading up to it, once they're there, it's not sad. Th- I mean, there is a few tears, but they're usually tears of gratefulness mm-hmm. that that there are supports, tears of gratitude for the community that supports them, or tears uh, of graciousness for hearing other people's stories and knowing what they're going through. But it's so helpful for these families to be able to say, oh, you lost your baby 15 years ago and you made it. Uh Maybe I can make it too. Yeah. And like you said, uh, keeping, keeping that baby's spirit alive. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't matter how long through the gestational process you are, you're picking out names, you're Mm -hmm. having a baby. Yeah. And then when you don't, when it comes to that point, um, keeping that baby's spirit and name alive, like you said, just remembering um, mm-hmm. not only for yourself, but for the rest of your family and for your community, this, this was my baby. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, but, but the fact that there are resources for women and couples and families a resource uh-huh. like Angel Watch. I think it is just absolutely incredible. Thank you. Um, I could cry talking about it. So I, I, I think the service that is done mm-hmm. 
Um, and the strength and courage that it takes for Angel Watch and, and the providers mm. um, that just work yeah. within Angel Watch to go into these families' homes in such a hard time. Um, I commend your service. Well, thank you so much. I really do. We, we are pr- it's really a privilege, um, a privilege and an honor to be involved. Yeah, I bet it is. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank Amelia, you so much for being with us today. Um, it's a hard topic, of course, to, uh, to discuss and to listen to for some, mm-hmm. but I also hope um, for our listeners that it, it's a place that um, – they can maybe find some healing and some resources as well. Angel Absolutely. Watch, a great program. Um, real quick, tell our listeners how they can find you guys. There, If you go to the Intermountain website and search for the Angel Watch part of the webpage, you can find us there. Or you can reach out by phone, and that is, again, 801-698-4486. And you can either call or text. And then um, you can also send us an email at angelwatch at imail.org. Amelia, thank you so much. Thank you. Really appreciate your time today. Of course. And that concludes this episode of the Baby Your Baby podcast. Thanks for joining me, Jade Elliott, and our guest for this week's Baby Your Baby podcast. If you have a topic that you'd like our Baby Your Baby experts to discuss, leave us a comment and don't forget to subscribe. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health.